Hello and welcome to the Shape of Work, a podcast series by Springworks. My name is Anoop and I am your host. Each week we'll be talking to top people managers across the world on the future of work and how it's shaping our workplace. So sit back and get ready to find out more from these movers and shakers as we have a no holds barred anything goes conversation with them about their journey, their insights, their thoughts, and most importantly their ideas and vision for the workplace of the future. Join in on the conversation. Leave a comment and don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Hello and welcome to the Shape of Work. Today we have our guest as Shrikant Adiga. He is the CEO of Open Spiceman. Hi Shrikant, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. What about you? I'm doing good. Thanks for asking Shrikant. So Shrikant, before we begin, why don't we set a base for our listeners and understand about your career journey and about yourself for a little while? Sure. So uh, I'm Srikant Adiga. So uh, you know, I graduated in 1998 and worked in a software services company called Persistent Systems for about 10 years. Uh, uh, in 2009, I started this company called Krishagni. Uh, we worked mainly with uh, uh, on the clinical research or clinical research informatics. Like for example, right now, so much research is happening on COVID, right? So Uh, all this is done in in places like say oxford cambridge or stanford etc so we work with those kinds of uh, you know academic research centers to do uh, to help them manage data uh, help them with their uh, informatics needs and uh, initially when we started in 2009 we were primarily a services company we were working as a software you know developer for those people uh, around 2012 2000 13 we transformed ourselves into primarily a product company so we have uh, an open source product of our own called open specimen we work with uh, you know when 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 someone is doing a research on say again going back to the covid example so they need uh, you know something called as bio specimens which is things like blood tissues tumors urine you know nasal swabs etc so our database helps them to manage all the data about this and uh, and then you know do reporting and you know make sure that the people who need these kind of specimens the researchers uh, have access to that kind of data so that's what we primarily do thank you so much for sharing that with us shrikant so uh, it you know we have noticed that companies which give importance to employees for their interests are more committed and you know they have a better engaged workforce what are your thoughts about this and how do you think that organizations foster such a culture yeah so that's a very uh, pertinent question uh, today especially given the 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 all the discussions about attrition and the in 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 america what they're referring to as the great resignation uh, the and especially with the pandemic and the work from home you know employee engagement is is kind of very challenging compared to before because uh, people don't get to interact with each other on a daily basis there is uh, there is no you know the bonding between uh, people the friendship that used to develop uh, when when people, when everyone was working in 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 person kind of keeps getting reducing because now it's everything is transactional so someone has a problem they will talk to them but not really talking in general chatting going out for tea coffee or uh, or dinner or whatever so that is kind of uh, also feeding to this attrition issue because earlier when people would have any issues they would have discussed 
sorted it out and uh, you know gone to their senior sorted it out etc but now you know with with everyone remote and uh, uh, not only remote you know most of them are also in a different city so that makes it even harder even to just meet someone right so uh, so that's a big that's a big challenge with the whole uh, work from home uh you know obviously work from home has a lot of advantages but you know this is one of the challenges and kind of uh, the reason why you know the industry is seeing so much attrition of late so we as a company you know obviously have the same challenges also we are not immune from it. but uh, uh, it 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 helps being a smaller company and uh, you know since we are a product company we don't need a lot of people uh, we we are we we believe in um, you know uh, being being small because then you can control quality you can hire good people you can focus on on uh, delivering quality to the customer rather than you know just quantity so uh, having a small team helps the we, we we have been doing you know initially during the uh, when the covid started we used to do a lot of activities online uh, with our employees and uh, in the last couple of months we started doing one day a week Uh, office so we we kind of hired a space in uh, uh, a co-working space where you know anyone who is interested there's no force uh, uh, obviously the people who stay outside can't make it but whoever is in pune and interested to come to office uh, and meet others etc or if there is a specific thing to discuss uh, they can show up so we do every monday we do a one day uh, office uh, kind of thing uh, we also do uh, you know just this month we started uh, to have a quarterly uh, one one day uh, offsite uh, you know uh, in which in which uh, you know the whole company uh, turns up unless the someone has a personal issue that they can't come so we recently did a, um, you know near pune we went where you know we went on a friday morning and came back on saturday noon where again you know, it's more of Uh, you know just fun and uh, uh, no no work as such it's just meeting people and uh, you know doing some activities and things like that the and and the last thing is also maintain a one on one relationship with everyone which again is possible when it's a smaller team but whoever is the team lead or the manager should kind of uh, you know rather than having a lot of team meetings and uh, you know just general fun sessions which has its own you know place so that you know that that should continue if it is happening but the manager should uh, should have one on one you know uh, chats and discussions with with their reportees uh, just to figure out what is happening what is happening at home if anyone is you know not well just just generally uh, keep that engagement with the with with your direct reportees uh, beyond work you know uh, what they're doing whether they're going for what did they do on the weekend whether they're going for a vacation etc etc so the whole whole pandemic and this whole hybrid versus you know work from home was so that is why you see a lot of companies are now started forcing people to come back so uh, so obviously it's a challenge a mix and match of both and you know increasing the one on one engagement is something that is that should help you know with with the team with with mentoring people as well as uh, keeping the keeping the engagement definitely i completely agree that you know knowing your employees better day by day with one on one meetings can create a lot of difference 
So uh, coming to our next question, Shrikant, hacking is an intriguing concept, and yes, there can be fears and doubts about the whole concept. Since you're already working with research, and you know you have your open source product for them, how do you actually take care of the security in terms of the hacking? Yeah. So <coughs> uh, since we deal, you know, the, the, the kind of data that we deal with is is very critical for our customers. Uh, there are a lot of regulations, for example, GDPR in the Europe, uh, and most of the customers that we work with are either US-based, Australia-based, or you know, Europe, UK, etc., where there are very strict laws and very strict regulations around how data is handled. And uh, while while we don't do any analysis or any processing of the data, since uh, in some cases we host the data or we have access to this kind of data, it becomes very, uh, very uh, pertinent topic for us in terms of how do we make sure that data is secure, data, uh, a lot of, uh, you know, if you read news around medical data and, uh, you know, leakage of, of this kind of data or hacking of this kind of data, there is every day there is someone or the other who is getting hacked, you know, uh, and that applies even for other businesses like, you know, for example, you know, uh, financial data and credit card data, etc. So, uh, and it is becoming, you know, to give you an example, you know, every year we need to buy, you know, cyber crime insurance kind of insurances from from the uh, insurance companies. And every year the insurance premium goes up, every year the terms and conditions becomes very strict because, you know, as more hacking happens, you know, they have to increase their, uh, you know, insurance premium side. So it is. It's a very. Uh, it's a very, uh, in some sense, uh, something that we deal with on an everyday basis. So on our side, you know, the one is employee training. You know, uh, tra- train them on. Uh, so there are there are standard training modules that everyone has to do every year to understand uh, uh, how to handle these kinds of data. The second is. Uh, uh, have processes in place where you know, you know people are not careless or people are not downloading uh, you know these kinds of data on their laptops etc the third is so we are uh, you know uh, going through a lot of uh, certification so uh, there are uh, for example in case of medical data there is a certification called a soc2 so soc2 is a you know this type 1 type 2 etc where again you know if you are certified to even to get certified, you need to go through a you know long process, a lot of documentation, processes, etc. And then an you know auditor audits you, checks whether you know everything is really in place, that whatever we are saying is in place, and then gives us a certificate that saying that you know you are SOC one, SOC two type one or SOC two type two, etc. So this kind of certification helps in both ways. One is to make sure that our processes are in place. You know, when when you are not forced, you know, sometimes you don't do things. So uh, you know that you know that kind of uh, you know when you're going through such audits, etc. Automatically, you're forced to do something, and also it helps us to get more business because clients have more confidence when you say that. Okay, it's like getting an ISO certification. So people, you know, in our ability to get new projects, etc., improves. So in general, you know, it's a very difficult. It's getting more and more difficult, and it is getting more and more because people find it. You know, it's very easy to find new ways to hack right because you know how much ever you do there will be you know a new way to do it and you're always trying to keep up with all these kinds of things so it's a it's a very 
it's an ongoing you know problem it's an ongoing uh, you know you have to be on on your toes to to make sure that you are ahead of them or you are at least making sure that whatever you are doing is uh, you know good enough to take care of these problems yeah right since we already talking about the processes and you know improvement of technology and innovation each day it becomes difficult but i'm glad that we have ways of improving security and regulating it as well so how do you think that leaders and partners with tech ensure that workflows and processes are designed in a way that enshrines their worker wellbeing yeah so the you know this this typically happens when 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 the company starts becoming more process oriented and and have to go through all these kinds of you know initially when you're smaller when 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 you're not doing all this everything is kind of informal right so but you know if the company starts becoming bigger or uh, when when you start implementing certain processes then everyone has to fall in line and start following those kinds of processes and that kind of makes it harder when you know because earlier it was easy people could do whatever they wanted to do now they have to do it in a certain way and get and monitored whether they are doing it in a certain way or not but it is also key that you know when you are defining these kinds of processes you don't really uh, go you know to the other extreme where you are making it very difficult for someone to even do do something right so it's like you see how airports get clogged because now everyone is everyone has to get a rt pcr report and they have to check whether it is valid or not and so because of which now you know people have to wait for 2 3 hours just to even to get into the airport or come out of the airport so this is what happens when you you know start implementing processes there are obvious side effects of it and then people have to suffer because of that so it's also important to make sure that there is a balance where you are not just doing things for the sake of doing it uh there's a meaning behind why you're doing and uh, and people understand as to why we are doing it and it is done in a way where it is not really impacting productivity or imp- impacting just creating more work for everyone and without any benefits that they understand because most times what happens in these kinds of things is it is just the higher management decides and everyone has to blindly start implementing it and most juniors or people who are on the ground don't really even understand why they are doing it so they just have to do it because you know that's how it is now defined so making sure that they understand as to why it is being done either it is for their benefit or for the benefit there is a specific reason like you know something like data security they it might not that they might not have any benefit in in that because they will say okay you know they don't really see any direct benefit in that it's not like suddenly their work becomes easier because of that right so when you implement new processes and things like that you know, it's important that they understand why it is being done uh, and not done in a very intrusive way or done in a way where it is just creating something that used to take 1 hour now takes 4 hours and uh, and still the amount of work is still the same right now they just need to now work more to do that task so yeah you, you know companies need to be careful about such things right so it is also important for learning and growing each day right so this brings us to one of the statement that mr henry ford had given us so henry ford once said that anyone who stops learning is old whether at 20 or whether at 80 what's your take on this quip and how can leaders promote less learning and upskilling within their organizations right so again you know there are there are a lot of uh, you know one is obviously yes you know the it it is not just in your career it applies to everything 
one of the this this itself is a topic of uh, you know where you can do a whole podcast on on just the learning topic because the way the way we are brought up is all learning towards passing exams and right? it's not really passing it's not really to gain knowledge as such so the day you come out of college you know that go, that uh, uh, that goal is gone so now we don't need to anymore learn to pass an exam because you have passed all the exams that you had to pass so now you pretty much so that's where you know most people lose that track of you know continuing to do learning so because then the expectation is okay if, if i am on a job now it's the company's duty to you know teach me right so uh, so there is no there is no continuous learning that happens you join a job you start doing something and then you know then you get promoted you do something else but it's there is there is not much uh, for example reading as a habit reading books as an habit right is is done by very small percentage of people so uh, unless you are a regular reader or unless you are uh, you know you you read books and uh, read newspapers etc etc uh, you you are you, the amount of learning that you do automatically goes down so there are three things in life i think people should should spend time learning so one is finance how to handle your money how to handle you know how to do investment what to do with the because again this is something that is you know even unless someone does a ca or a finance mba etc you know no other courses teach anything about money right so what is the meaning of money etc so one is finance uh, the second is uh, you know health uh, again you start realizing that you need to do something about health once someone crosses 40 45 etc is when they start worrying about health whereas again that's something that people should always look for uh, either focusing or you know learning etc the third obviously is your career you know knowledge that is needed to to do well in your career and uh, learn new things especially in in it and maybe it now applies uh, it probably always applied to all tickles that things change every year things change rapidly there's new frameworks there are new technologies there are new you know applications that keep coming up now you know if if you are ahead of the curve then you know your company or you know you whoever you are working with observe that okay you know, this guy already knows this so now we can utilize him in doing something better compared to saying okay i will wait until you know someone assigns me some task in this and then i will bother about learning and things like that so uh, it's very important to have a learning mindset and this is something that you know you talked about on report you 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 read about you know anyone Warren Buffett, Charlie Munger. Everyone talks about the same thing about developing a reading habit, you know, continuous learning, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So uh, that's yeah. So that's something. If someone realizes that uh, very early in the age and very early in their career, then they will see a much different career than you know one who does not do it. That is extremely useful for all our listeners, Shikhan. Thank you for sharing that. So now coming to my last question. since we are already on you know shifts and career growth and learning my question is as business strategies they shift and adapt to the new realities that are there conventional approaches might not be good enough to measure the performances right they are unlikely to be aligned to the new business needs what are the factors that organizations need to consider before adapting any new strategies for that matter no so you know similar 
to the to the processes thing you know you you are always looking at and th- there are there are two things that you look at especially you know i come from a product background and uh, when when you are developing product there are things that you do to slightly improve the product so, so suppose a customer is complaining about something so you make some improvements for them to go over you know to to overcome that problem so that those are you know small small improvements delta improvements that you keep doing for example when you see your operating system upgrades or your iphone upgrades to newer versions you see something small has changed something new has come etc and then so that is that is one strategy where you are continuously making you know minor improvements but then the uh, the, the second is where you are making paradigm shift so you are you know that's what steve jobs keeps talking about that you know you can't just keep asking customers about what they want you know you need to uh, you know your strategy should be to figure out what what should they be doing uh, and not just give you know if you're just based on if you're just basing everything on on customer feedback then they're just going to tell you you know small small things that okay you know this button here is useful or that you know this thing here is useful but if you are ahead of the curve and if you are uh, if you can come up with things that that no one want you know no one has asked about but when you give it to them they are like wow we never thought about this so that's that's when you know that's the paradigm shift uh, in 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 any product and this is yeah, and even though this is more relevant when you are talking about products but this actually applies to everything for example you know even in your career when you are you know you you, you can keep improving on what you are doing but if you add some new skill to to your resume or to you to yourself then now you can you know start looking at something much bigger than what you're doing so it it applies to everything in life so your strategy should be based on these kinds of things where you know is it is it what is your goal are you looking at making minor improvements or is there anything big that you can do to suddenly uh, shift your product from being uh, you know just addressing a much smaller market to now being able to address much bigger markets etc so uh, and it is it's and at the same time it's very difficult because you know on a day to day basis you are always dealing with day to day problems right so you are you are you know that's your first priority when when you got 100 customers bombarding you with that and this now you can't suddenly say okay we are you know we are thinking about something big so all this is going to wait now so you have to find that balance between you know being able to make sure that the current ship is you know moving forward but at the same time you are looking at you know what is the next big thing to do and you know what is it that we can make that will that will give a wow factor from the from the customers or the users so right that completely makes sense we need to understand the innovation and completely need to understand what new should come in the market for making our customers happy also since we have reached to our end of the podcast shrikant if our listeners want to you know reach out to you if they want to interact with you how can they reach apart from linkedin yeah so linkedin is the uh, almost the only social media that i am on so that's the best place to message or you know they can just search for open specimen and uh, my my email id is sri@openspecimen.org so they can uh, even email me on that Uh, but in general linkedin works best if someone wants to contact me all right thank you so much for taking our time to ask and our listeners shikant we hope we record more such podcasts with you sounds good thank you